This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And it's been far too, it feels like a long time. It feels like the first time, it feels like the very first time that I've been saying that. And it is the first time I get to say that in 2019 because I haven't seen you in a while, bud. It's been a long time. How was your sabbatical? It was really nice. I almost didn't come back. I mean, they would have been a shame if you didn't come back. I mean, Dave, <laughs> Dave was keeping the seat very warm. I think he was kind of making his own base camp over there. He was getting a little bit too comfortable here on the primetime podcast. I'm sh- I'm sure Davey did just fine. I'm <laughs> did sure. You just call him Davey. Davey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he did a superb job. He did a great. job. I wouldn't Talk know because I didn't watch basketball. anything. We talked I didn't nothing watch anything. but basketball. It was an entire NBA draft and then obviously the big board. I know you were all upset that, oh, I missed the NBA big board um, 2.0. I was broken up inside. But we got a jam-packed show for you guys talking nothing but college football. We're gonna, I'm going to ask Brandon about the national championship, obviously, before we get into everything. We're going to be talking Ohio State football with Justin Fields transferring over. We're going to be talking about Dwayne Haskins because because of that, He's going to be going to the NFL, going to be talking about where he could be in the draft. And then we got to talk Justin Herbert because we hit it on the onside kick. We got to hit it here on the primetime podcast of, is he going to regret returning to Oregon for his senior season? We're going to look into that. But two things I got to mention. First off, I got to congratulate, um, I think it's Victor, if I'm not mistaken, um, from Sydney, Australia is his bracket pool. He yet again, he won our bracket last year when it was just straight pickums. He won it again this year, Brandon. Victor had 508 total points. Second place was 475. My bracket was almost dead last, but I came in fourth place out of our five that were in it, and I had 413. So not a good showing for me. My percentage was about a 30% um correct rate, which is not good. Um, good this is, old, that's pretty much what you were all season, right? Good, good old Victor, though. 82.2 percentile um, for his bracket. So he did phenomenal. And yet again, congratulations for winning our bracket. But we gotta, we just got to stop having the Bull Mania bracket picks because he wins it each and every year that we do it. Also, got to make sure to let you know, check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast if I can get rid of the hiccups that I've got. That's how you can support us. We cannot do what we do without the support of our patrons and love each and every one of them. Check that link down below in the description. But, Brandon, let's jump in. Our first topic is got to be Justin Fields. And we kind of had a similar topic last year at this time because another Big Ten team had a quarterback transfer over, Shea Patterson, and we had the basic same thing of what does it mean for Michigan. Justin Fields, a little bit of a different situation. He's going to be coming over after one year at Georgia where, I'm going to be completely honest, when I saw his decision video and he said, I'm staying home and going to Georgia, like, my first reaction was he does know that Jake Fromm is A, the starting quarterback, and B, is not eligible to go into the 2019 draft. He knows this, right? Like, he knows that Fromm 
is going to be there and isn't going to lose that job. Well, apparently he didn't. Apparently him and his dad had conversations with Kirby Smart that might have suggested otherwise, but Fields not happy transferring out just like Jacob Eason did last year. Um, He'll be at Washington and be able to play this upcoming season. But with Fields right now, he is committed to transfer to the Ohio State University Right now, if everything stands, he will not be able to play in twenty or in twenty nineteen. He'd have to wait till twenty twenty. However, he could get a hardship waiver that he is currently applying for. He's hired the same lawyer that helped Shea Patterson get his hardship waiver when he transferred from Old Miss to the Michigan Wolverines. For the sake of argument, Brandon, we're just going to say let's say he gets the hardship waiver. He's able to play. In 2019, in the first season that we will not have Urban Meyer at the head of Ohio State, what does this mean for the Buckeyes and their football program? Well, here's what I think it means is we don't know what it means yet. Mm -hmm. We don't really know what Justin Fields is going to be able to bring. We didn't see a lot of him at Georgia. We really didn't. We saw him for maybe 10 Total plays all season long. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's how little we got to see of Justin Fields. But so many people have Justin Fields tied to Trevor Lawrence in the fact of, like, 1-2. Mm-hmm. Fields and Lawrence, 1-2. Or Lawrence and Fields, 1-2. Because that's how they came and into exactly college. That's exactly how they came into college. And I think that's how many people are going to look at them moving forward. But Justin Fields goes over to Ohio State. He wants Ryan Day Mm -hmm. to help mold him into a really good quarterback. And that's something that Ryan Day, I think, can do. But again, we don't know where Justin Fields is right now. Do we believe that he is the playmaking type of quarterback that is a game changer and a complete, I I guess, I I can't say franchise, but, but team changer where it takes you from a to Z really quickly, mm-hmm. and you are already a contender for next year's championship game. That's what people want to believe that he is. But we don't know that. Mm-hmm. We do not know that. But I think Ryan Day is a guy who would most likely play to the skill set that Justin Fields has and be able to put pieces around him to make him succeed. If you take a look at what we saw last night, Trevor Lawrence is an outstanding quarterback, first of all, but he's got some really good pieces around him. He's got a really good running game. He's got some extremely talented young wide receivers. The future for Clemson is very bright. And if that same type of thing, or even even to a lesser, a lesser amount, if that's the same type of thing that's going on over at Ohio State with Justin Fields now going over there, that could be pretty incredible for that team because I don't want to say it'll be like Dwayne Haskins never left, but it will be a very smooth transition back into what they were trying to build when Dwayne Haskins was there. Well, and that's the first thing I wanted to mention is the good thing is that, because you're right, the thing that is, this is different from Shea Patterson is... Shea Patterson was an upperclassman. We have seen what he was able to do in college before we were able to 
kind of say, okay, we kind of know what to expect. We're, I'll say this. Let's be honest. When we look back to our Clemson preview, we were not super high on Clemson this year. I know I wasn't. I don't remember if you were um, super high on them to begin the year, but I was not because, A, I didn't believe in Kelly Bryant, and, B, it was if Trevor Lawrence takes over. At the time, it was, oh, if this kid Trevor Lawrence takes over, how is he going to play? Even when he got the starting job, it was how is he going to respond at the next level? And I think the biggest thing with with um, you've got Fields coming in, is what can he do? Can this team do what they usually do and kind of reload their weapons? Because the first thing I look at is Paris Campbell's not going to be there next year. He's going to lose, let's see, if I'm not mistaken, Malcolm uh, Pridgen, the left guard, is going to be gone. Um, Isaiah Prince, your right tackle, is going to be gone. Michael Jordan Jr. has a potential to be gone. Those are three guys starting on the offensive line as of um, November 28th here on our lads and their depth chart. I mean, you'll still have J.K. Dobbins, hopefully, um, as your running back, but what can you do with those weapons? Can those weapons reload like we've seen in several years? Because it always seems like with Ohio State, there's always a new wide receiver, a new running back. That, oh, they have Zeke. Oh, they've got someone underneath. Oh, they have Curtis Samuel. Oh, they have someone else underneath who is going to take that spot. Oh, Paris Campbell leaves. Who's the next guy that's going to take Paris Campbell's spot? And for me, with Justin Fields is, yes, we haven't seen what he would be, but the thing that's really going to help him is if, Ohio State can just surround him with playmakers that he can just get the ball to. Kind of like if I look to the NFL, I was really down on Patrick Mahomes to start the year. Didn't know what we were going to get from him. He's surrounded by playmakers that he can just get the ball to, and the Kansas City Chiefs were fine. So I kind of relate it to that sense, even though one's in the NFL and one's in college. Tate Martell, he's the quarterback that's over at Ohio State right now. He's the guy who has more time put in with Ryan Day. Mm -hmm. Is there any any reason to just completely pass by him and say, Justin Fields, okay, we have Justin Fields now, he's the guy? Or do we possibly see some sort of Fields versus Martell in the – in in the in the spring and and uh, mm-hmm. is, is there going to be some sort of quarterback battle and 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 it's because of for the audio listeners what, I'm doing air quotes on quarterback battle <laughs> and it's because of yes you know Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields both came out at the same time they were mm-hmm. they were one two as we mentioned before yeah one was, many people and if you look at it Fields was the number one dual threat Lawrence was the number one pro style. And we have seen what Trevor Lawrence is. National champion. In his first year. Mm -hmm. Not even his first full season. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't necessarily as high on Justin Fields overall as a quarterback. So if we're getting something less than Trevor Lawrence, okay, that can still be really good. But how much less Mm -hmm. than Trevor Lawrence? And again, I'm not trying to be a naysayer per se, but... Is there is there something too? We've seen guys transfer before, think it's going to go really well, and then all of a sudden, poof, 
poof, it does not. But mm-hmm. they also haven't been one of the top quarterbacks coming out in their class into college football. Well, I mean, so, look at Shea Patterson. We thought, I mean, I'll be honest, I thought when he was transferring over, oh, Michigan's got a shot to win the Big Ten. They got a shot to make it to the well, college Michigan football Michigan did playoff. end up having a shot to win the Big Ten they and did. blew it. Um, they blew it, though. And, I mean, even look at the very first game when they played Notre Dame, I would say not uh, Shea Patterson's best game. Um, maybe it's not a sense of, like, he had a shit game, but, I mean, Notre Dame had a really good game were, that game. But there seemed to be, in, in my opinion, there seemed to be too many games where Shea Patterson didn't have his best game, mm-hmm. quote-unquote. There were a lot of games where Karan Higdon had to be the guy to carry the team. The running game had to carry the team for Michigan, and Shea Patterson was able to have his 190 yards and a touchdown with an interception or whatever it might have been. Yes, he had games where he was better than that, but he didn't have a lot of games where he was better than that. So I, I think Justin Fields is going to be much better than what Shea Patterson was, but I'm just saying how much farther down mm-hmm. is he than where Trevor Lawrence is right now and where where Trevor Lawrence can be what are their ceilings what are their floors you know based off of each other we like i said we've seen what Trevor Lawrence is mm-hmm. right now and that is what everyone seems to want to have i mean i think the Oakland Raiders are going to trade for 2021 draft picks right now mm-hmm. um so that is going to be the question fields has transferred Mm-hmm. He's there. He's at Ohio State. First question, is he going to be eligible for this next season? The second question then is, is he outright the better quarterback, the best quarterback that they have on their roster, and how good is he as a dual threat quarterback? Here's what I think, and I don't know for sure how many meetings Justin Fields had with Ohio State before he made the decision but I'm assuming that if he had at least one meeting with Ryan Day, Ryan Day must have given given him a good inkling that he's going to be the starter. Because I like Justin Fields in his head, I don't make that mistake twice. I've already made it once, and I already wasted a year one time. Where I wasted my freshman year, unless he wanted to redshirt, but I haven't heard anything about that. So I wasted my freshman year. I'm going to come in as a sophomore. Then if I have, a, have to wait another year because I don't get my hardship waiver, I've basically wasted two years of my college career. Well, the hardship waiver wouldn't be against him. He'd still come in as a sophomore. But I've been two years now not playing football and not starting. So if I'm Justin Fields, I'm not transferring somewhere unless I have a pretty good inkling that I'm going to be the starter. And the prediction that I would make is that when you say quarterback battle, we're going to hear that word all through the spring. Oh, you know, Tate Martell and Justin Fields, they're just going to have to battle for it. We're we're going to see who the best guy is. Ryan Day is going to name Justin Fields the starter. Like, you don't get a transfer like Justin Fields. If he gets that hardship waiver and is playing in 2019, he will be trotted out there Saturday, August 31st. Maybe if they go up 42 to nothing on... Lane Kiffin and FAU, then maybe Martell gets in the game. But if I'm Tate Martell, this is my prediction with him. I'm not telling him he should do it. This is what I think it is. He's going to become the next Joe Burrow. He's going to be the next guy where it's like, oh, I'm going to take over. Oh, someone else came in and I'm gone because he ain't going to be starting. I just, I don't see 
Justin Fields transferring somewhere and him not being the starter because he's made that mistake once. Why would he make it again? Now, if he doesn't get the hardship waiver, then you're in a you're in an interesting situation because Tate Martell would definitely be the starter for 2019. And then 2020, you've got some decisions to make because it depends on how Tate Martell does. I mean, in the games that the two games where he had his significant throws, I mean, against Rutgers, I know it's Rutgers, but he went 10 of 10 for 121 yards and a touchdown. His longest was a 51-yard bomb, and he had 95 yards on the ground and a touchdown on the ground. Whereas you look at the game against Tulane, another game where they won 49-6, to so that's why he got in there. 10 of 14, 115 yards, had about 22 on the ground, had a rushing touchdown. So, I mean, I'm not saying that Ohio State is going to be dead in the water if Tate Martell's their quarterback, but it really depends on is Fields going to get his hardship waiver. I think he's going to because, I mean, all the signs are sitting there for yes. Unless the um, NCAA just believes, like, no, this is your mistake. Like, the thing that helped Shea Patterson is everything that went on with Hugh Freeze because he could say this was not my fault. I was not the one that put my football program in this situation, and I shouldn't have to deal with these sanctions because I wasn't the idiot that did what Hugh Freeze did. Whereas Justin Fields, they could look at it and go, no, it was your decision to commit to the Georgia Bulldogs. We can't say, oh, well, Kirby Smart should have started you. You made that decision, and that's where it's going to be interesting to see if the lawyer can swing this and get Fields' hardship waiver because, it's like I said before, I'll say it again, it's very different than Shea Patterson because in Shea Patterson's situation, none of it was his fault of why he was transferring. No, you're definitely right. So that was... You know, that was obviously something that they looked at that was pretty much a no-brainer mm-hmm. on on making that, okay, that's fine, yeah. you know, come right through. This could be different. This is obviously different, but um, if it if it doesn't, if it doesn't work out, I think that that is certainly something going against Fields. Mm-hmm. That's definitely working against him if he is not able to get it to play this next season because then you're going to get a whole year of other guys or one other guy mm-hmm. being able to showcase his skills and ability. Well, who and if knows? He, and if he turns in, they win the Big Ten, that's against you. That's what yeah. I am saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you have guy, a, a whole season of guys that you're watching, looking at, play really well if they do, and all of a sudden, Justin Fields isn't a big name anymore. Mm-hmm. So he has to hope that that waiver goes through and mm-hmm. that he's going to be allowed to play and granted permission to play uh, by the NCAA this this next season for Ohio State. And, I mean, we could look back in hindsight. I'm going to look up one more time because I want to make sure I get this right. I believe Florida State was in one of his teams because – I. I remember it vividly, Brandon, because we were doing a podcast um, that that day, and I was like, why would he choose to go to Georgia? I mean, Jake Fromm is there. And, like, I remember I think Florida State was in his some choices, or LSU was at least, because 
I remember looking at it and going, why like why wouldn't he choose Florida State? Like look at their quarterback situation. I mean, yeah, DeAndre Francois, many people thought, oh, he's gonna come back and he's gonna be what he was. Well, he's not. Um, and then you look at LSU where this was before they had Joe Burrows, I believe. After Joe Burrows came in, that would have made it a muddier situation. But I just think that this, hopefully for him, he gets the hardship waiver. I don't think he will because I think that the NCAA is going to look at it and go, no, this is a you decision. It's kind of like what, um, when I was listening to Pat McAvee's show, his podcast, um, he has said this in more than one occasion. Um, he was talking about something, and he goes, no, that, that sounds like a you problem. That's what the NCAA is going to say. They're going to go to Justin Field and say, no, this sounds like a you problem, not a we problem. You have to live with this decision because you chose to commit to the Georgia Bulldogs, and it's not our fault that you didn't start and you didn't take into consideration that Jake Fromm or that you thought, hey, I'm so good, because that could have been it too. Like, I don't know Justin Fields, so I can't make any um, kind of – What's the word I'm looking for? I can't think about his character and say, oh, I know I know him because I don't. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, hey, number one recruit coming out of high school, 18-year-old kid. Hey, I can come in and beat. Who's who's Jake Fromm? I could beat Jake Fromm. I'm better than Jake Fromm. Well, not to Kirby Smart. You weren't better than Jake Fromm. So I could see how that might have been in it as well because Georgia also, there was a the whole thing of staying home as well. So the big thing thing is the hardship waiver, but I think if he gets the hardship waiver, we will have, and I'm using my air quotes again, a quarterback battle, and then he'll get the starting job. He'll play FSU or FAU and do fine. He'll play Cincinnati, a little bit of a tougher opponent, and he'll be fine. And then he's got Indiana, which Indiana usually plays Ohio State tough, but I think he'll be fine. Then Miami of Ohio, then Nebraska. Like, Nebraska could be his first real tough game in Lincoln, Nebraska, like they don't play, I'm looking at their 2019 schedule, they don't play Michigan, Michigan State, I would say, is their first hard opponent, and that is their sixth game into the year, they obviously don't play Michigan until the end, they don't play Penn State until the week before Michigan on November 23rd, so I mean, the schedule, even Wisconsin is October 26th, the schedule is in the favor of Fields, if he gets his hardship waivers, what are your final thoughts on this? Before we move over into the quarterback from Ohio State that's leaving the Buckeyes. Well, you know, the, the word from his camp is that they believe they're they're making a good case that they'll get the waiver. So then mm-hmm. you move over to, is there going to be a quarterback battle? And I think that, yes, there is, because Tate Martell was a guy who in 2017 came out as the number two dual-threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're now going to have two dual-threat quarterbacks. And he hasn't and played bad who in is his go- game. And who is going to emerge as the number one guy? So this is not a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. that it's going to be Justin Fields. That's just my final feeling on, on the matter. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna, I hope I'm going to say this right, and you can correct me if I'm using this word wrong, because usually I do. Maybe I'm just coming at it with a very cynical view of it to where I just, for me, I would love that to be the case for Tate Martell, that if Justin Fields comes in and he's able to play, let's have a true quarterback battle. But I feel like if the hardship waiver is given, or maybe Ohio State was like, hey, 
I'm going to let you know you're probably not going to win your hardship waiver. And Justin Fields still said, okay, that's fine. I still want to commit here. I don't know. I'm not in the head. Wasn't a fly on the wall. I'm not in the head of Justin Fields. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. What do you guys think about the whole Justin Fields transfer? Is it a good decision, bad decision? Is it going to help OSU? Is he going to get the hardship waiver? Anything we talked about, let us know what you're thinking down below in that comment section. And Brandon, before we move on into our next topic, make sure to, if you have not already, make sure to go on to iTunes, Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, you're right there. Give us a rate and review. Give us that five stars if you think we're worthy. I hope that we're giving you that five-star treatment that we shoot for each and every podcast. But even if you're on YouTube, if you're on podcast services around the world make sure to go to apple Podcasts and itunes and rate and review the show but brandon we are going to move on from ohio state into a quarterback that uh is kind of going to the buckeyes going all right you've got your guy bye see you later i'm going to go over to the nfl because justin fields made his announcement i want to say it was friday and on friday night Dwayne haskins quoted fields's tweet and just gave the emoji of like, hmm, the thinking emoji where he's stroking his chin. Later on, a few days later, Dwayne Haskins commits and declares for the NFL draft. Many people right away, he became the number one quarterback in the draft class because Justin Herbert, who we're going to talk about later, is not going into the draft, is returning to school. So what I want to ask you is... We know the draft order at the top all the way until, what, pick 25 now. That's where the playoff teams are still in it. Arizona is number one. Now, obviously, Arizona doesn't need a quarterback because— Well, they do because he's really not—he's not good in the NFL. We'll see what Ryan Gosling can do with him. He's really not good in the NFL. You've got a good-looking coach and a good-looking quarterback now in a— in a city that, you know, doesn't have that many bad days weather-wise. So we'll see what they're able to do as Cliff Kingsbury is now the head coach for Josh Rosen. I almost said Ryan Gosling. But the question I want to ask is, in your mind, will Dwayne Haskins be the number one overall pick, knowing that if this happens, a team has to trade up for him? So I'm basically asking, will he be the number one pick, meaning will a team or should a team trade up for Dwayne Haskins? I'm going to say that, uh, yes, they definitely, that he's definitely going to be the number one pick, and there's going to be a team that trades up for him, for sure. And I have mm-hmm. a team in mind already. Do it. Oakland Raiders. You think they're the one? Oakland From Raiders. Four to one? Well, be, the reason I, I say that is because of everything that happened this past year, of all the draft picks that John Gruden was going after trying to get. Him and Derek Carr seeming to just not be on the same page so many mm-hmm. times. I think that John Gruden is looking for a new quarterback, and I think why not try and go after the best quarterback that you have in the draft? However, however, he could be looking down the line to the next quarterback class, possibly mm-hmm. where you have well, where you'll most likely have um, uh, Justin Herbert. You'll have uh, who else is going to be in that quarterback class? You got Herbert. Tua, Tua yep. um, and then also Jake Fromm as well. Because I found it interesting that Joel Klatt today, on First Things First, when asked about the draft class last year, mentioned Tua, mentioned Fromm, didn't mention Herbert at all. 
He just said, oh, boy, you'll have Tua, you'll have Fromm. And then that was it. And I was like, oh, really? No mention of Justin Herbert, who would have been the top quarterback in this one. So really the top three, Tua, Fromm, and Herbert in any order that you want to do because it's way too early to look at the 2020 um, NFL draft in my mind. Well, I think that I'm still going to – so I'm still going to stick with the Oakland Raiders because Mm -hmm. they just don't quite know what's going on uh, over there. But I also think that – it, it it would it would make some sense. It would make some sense. Also, uh, a team that might want to jump up there, the Washington Redskins. They are looking for a quarterback at every corner. Are they, you healthy? Are you healthy? Well, they Can you two, throw it? They had two break their leg. They I literally break their leg. Well, well, I know, but they also had one. I mean, mm-hmm. Alex Smith. Don't count him back to football. Mm-hmm. I mean, do not count on him coming back to football. Yeah. And, and that's sad to say, but with what happened with his injury, and it is horrible, he may be done. His career might be done. Nothing has come out and said that for well, certain. Because he, he also had the infection yes, too, right? Yeah, well, that's where he wasn't even sure if he was going to keep his leg. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he could come back from that, it'd be a great story to be able to to, to get back and do that. And, of course, you always want to encourage and, and do things like that. Um, I... I still think that the Washington Redskins could be one of those teams that jumps up to do that because they've gone after quarterbacks like that before um, that are, I, I think, a, a little bit of a, of a, of a dual threat there. And, and that's what that is what Dwayne Haskins is. He is a, a dual threat type of quarterback that can do it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, a really great thrower. Um, but I don't know. I do not think that we're going to be seeing a, a Dwayne Haskins uh, that would be similar to a Lamar Jackson. No, no. one can. No one can well, be Lamar Jackson with with how good he is with mm-hmm. running the football um, as as well. But it, it seems like that could be definitely a fit. Washington, possibly Oakland. Well, and here's the thing. And of course, with me, this is about the time right after the national championship, where it's like all the college games are done. I really start diving into the film and kind of dissecting these prospects and. The one thing I heard today, obviously going to reference back to it because it was probably the only thing I was able to watch today, was in that Joel Klatt segment on First Things First, when they asked him about Dwayne Haskins, the thing that I found interesting is he said that to him, he feels like a team like the Giants would be a good fit for him because he's able to sit behind Eli and he'll do better sitting behind a pro. The thing I'm going to say when just to the will he be the number one overall pick at this point, I'm going to say yes because of two reasons. Number one, somebody's going to get antsy. Somebody is going to get antsy and say, we need a quarterback. The Raiders, I actually like them because Derek Carr, the way you have it is Derek Carr is under contract for 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, four years. Now, that could be a little sketchy with Dwayne Haskins. Maybe towards the end of that, if you draft, you trade up for Dwayne, maybe year 2019, maybe 2020 at the least, he's sitting behind Derek Carr, so you can still maybe be bad can I be, and soak up these picks. Can I be honest with you? You Is start that, him right away? I was just going to say that I could see somebody trading mm-hmm. to get Derek Carr and then... And then uh, Dwayne Haskins coming in, being the guy right out of the gate. Because I've got two other teams that I think could do it. Um, I don't know. 
fit-wise, but I think that he's going to be the number one overall pick. And the reason why I say that is there are too many teams this year. You've got the Raiders who could use a quarterback. You've got Tampa Bay at five. Bruce Arians has just been named their head coach. How comfortable is he with Jameis Winston? And also, I think he's pretty, I think like, he's pretty comfortable, Dwayne, actually. Dwayne Haskins could sit behind Winston. I am not comfortable with Winston. That's why I bring that up. You have the Giants who could be looking for a quarterback. You have Jacksonville that could be looking for a quarterback. You have Denver that could be looking for a quarterback. That's five teams. Miami, Washington, already seven teams of the 32 in the league who could use quarterbacks. And I would say those seven are the only ones that I would think of. Maybe Tennessee, if you're on like the Mark Weber train of Mark Weber used to he always loves to throw out how, you know, Marcus Mariota hasn't been the healthiest quarterback um for the Titans in his career. But that is why I think he will be the number one pick is one of the seven teams that I mentioned is going to trade up for the Cardinals, and it would be smart for the Cardinals to do it because I think the Cardinals are in a sticky situation because if they stay at one, you take Nick Bosa, but Nick Bosa isn't one of your needs. Jonah Williams is a need. Greedy Williams is a need. Like, you could trade down to Dwayne four. Haskins is a need. Exa- well, I mean, you got I, I could Josh see. Rosen. I could. I, Josh Rosen's crap. I'm sorry. Okay. He is. We've seen what I mean, he can maybe be this Steve year. Wilkes was yeah, crap, but yeah. that's okay. But look at the look. I mean, I understand that they don't have a great offense. They don't they, even have an offensive line. I'm. I I can I completely <laughs> understand that. But there wasn't anything that he did that was super overwhelming to even in one game go. Hmm, I have faith. I think every game. You looked at it and went, "Wow, mm-hmm. when's he gonna take? When's he gonna take the leap? When's he gonna take the next step to actually be the guy that he's supposed to be on this team?" Did any of the rookie quarterbacks besides Baker and Lamar show you that though? Like Baker and Lamar were the only ones that showed us. I think or, Sam, yeah. Sam Darnold showed some real promise. He was hurt a little bit, but I, I mean, think Sam Darnold showed some real he promise. Was, he was good early in the year, but after that, he wasn't great. But he, he showed some real. Ma- he's he on the mistakes. Jets. That's what I'm saying about Josh Rosen. He's but on the he, Cardinals. But he didn't show anything. He didn't show anything. I with. I am blame. I will be. This is me. I am gonna blame Steve Wilkes this year before I blame Josh Rosen. I'm not gonna blame Steve Wilkes. See, I'm not going to blame Steve Wilson. I don't think he should have been hired in the first place. Well, he probably shouldn't have been fired after one year. I mean, that's pretty crappy, too. (laughs) Well, when you're given a roster that sucks, it's hard to really be good. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're given a roster where one of your best players is Larry Fitzgerald, all respect in the world to Larry Fitzgerald, Mm -hmm. you're 50 years old. You know, so it's when that is your best player, it's tough to Mm -hmm. build around the guy who is going to possibly retire at the end of this season who may only have one season left that's that's really hard but but Rosen clearly it just didn't seem even with Byron Leftwich coming in being the offensive coordinator doing all that stuff it didn't seem like things really got better Mm -hmm. David Johnson was really pretty pathetic most of the season you're right offensive line was bad Mm -hmm. but there what there just wasn't much that Josh Rosen did that I said Wow, man, he looks like he could really be a playmaker in the future. So if the Cardinals were to take Dwayne Haskins, I would not in the least bit be surprised. Well, I mean, and the thing, and I know that this is 
getting a little bit too into Cardinal football, but hey, I know it's the it's the topic is this is what I thought of why they fired Steve Wilkes is they probably looked at and they said, hey, we gave you Josh Rosen. We gave you the quarterback that most people, I know I said it all throughout draft season last year. Oh, he's the most NF, he's probably the most NFL ready quarterback. And they probably looked and said, We gave you the most NFL ready quarterback, and that's what you gave us. Like, we're done with this experiment. Like, that's why I think they're doing the whole 180 and going from defensive guy Steve Wilkes to offensive guy who could maybe work with Josh Rosen in uh, Kingsbury, but... They want the next John McVay. Everyone does. Everyone's searching for him. And the thing that I think is Arizona is going to trade the pick because I feel like some team... Because just if I go off of what Joel Klett said today, of like, oh, he'd be better sitting behind someone. Miami could trade up. They've got Tannehill where he could sit behind Tannehill for one... Two years, and that is just like a sit behind. Like uh, all he would Aaron need Rogers is one did. day to sit behind Tannehill and say, "Why am I sitting well, behind him?" Well, Tannehill would get injured, and then Dwayne Haskins would be in the game, or a a team like Denver. Denver has Case Keenum under contract for one more year. You sit under Case Keenum for one year, you get the job in twenty twenty if you show it and you basically make like prove it. You're not going to get handed anything in the NFL. I mean. Other than that, I mean, Washington's tricky because he'd be thrown out there right away because of their situation. Um, The Giants, he could sit behind Eli. The question is, would they trade up for him, though? And Jacksonville, you'd be starting right away. The question that I would ask for you, and this this could change team to team, but just you. If you are a general manager of a um, football team and you need a quarterback this year, you're one of the teams that need a quarterback. What are you more likely to do? Trade for the number one pick in order to get Dwayne Haskins, a young rookie. Or would you say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll look at Joe Flacco. I'll look at Nick Foles and get one of them instead. Should should these quarterback needy teams go that route over trading for the number one pick and getting Dwayne Haskins? Well, it really depends on how much you value experience over someone who's going to be fresh coming in that you can maybe help mold and really work into a system. Mm -hmm. We know what we're going to get from Joe Flacco. Very, very bland and boring. We know what we're going to get from Nick Foles, or at least Nick Foles when he plays for the Eagles. I don't know if Nick Foles has the same magic for another team. Because we saw what he was. He almost quit football when he played for Jeff Fisher. Well, (laughs) most people did. (laughs) Um, But I, I think that I am not... I am. I am really not in awe by the quarterback class this year for the uh, in, in the NFL in terms of the the free agent class oh, okay. is what I'm saying. I'm sorry, the free agent class. I, was I, didn't, say, I didn't I didn't word that correctly. I was going to say in the, the free ro- the free agent class in the rookie class. Brandon's just got one guy. It's Will Greer. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Okay, let me be. But um, I I, I Brandon don't... sees running backs as Dave Montgomery quarterbacks. Will Greer. <laughs> You got it. Yeah. Uh, and David Montgomery, he did. Uh, he did declare. He, he did declare. That. Yes. Um, but uh, no, I think it's. I think the, the the free agent market for for quarterbacks in the NFL this offseason, it, it's it's extremely weak. And I'm passing mm-hmm. up on going for Flacco or Foles, and I'm going for Dwayne Haskins. That's what I would be doing. But 
But I also have to look at how much are you want me to give up? Mm-hmm. How If you're the Cardinals, how much do I have to give you? Because I can't give you my whole defense. Well, let's just see. And that's what, I mean, that's about what they need. Well, there's not just that. I mean, the thing also, like you mentioned the Raiders. The thing that's interesting is they also have the Bears. I know it will probably be a low pick next year, too, because the Bears did good this year. But they also have the Bears first rounder next year. And, like, the Raiders are an interesting one that you threw out there because they're a team where you might not have to give up that fourth overall pick to get the cardinal pick. I would think you'd have to if I'm the Cardinals, I don't want to I don't want to give up the number 1 pick and fall all the way to 24 unless I'm getting like the Raider pick next year. Like I would think that the Raiders would say the number 4 pick has to be in your package because I wouldn't want to fall back that far. I would yeah. not want to make sure I get one of my core needs, a Jonah Williams, a Greedy Williams in the top 10 in yeah. the first round. But, like, that's the interesting thing with them. They have picks. And the thing that I go back to is, let's see, was it the 2017 draft? No, not 2017. I got to go back a little further, 2016. Because we did have, um, bingo, 2016 draft. When Tennessee traded the number one pick, the Jared Goff pick. The So the Rams moved up. What pick were they this year? Um, the Rams were the 15th pick that year. So put it into comparison, that'd be like the Redskins trading up. And what they gave up for the number one overall pick was Tennessee gave the Rams its first, fourth, and sixth selections in exchange for the first rounder, a second rounder, and a third rounder. Um, Plus... They got a first and third the year after as well. So the asking price, of course, the Rams got a fourth and a sixth, but basically they were giving up three picks, a first, a third, yeah, a first, a second, and a third, plus a first and a third next year. That was the asking price to move up from 15 to 1 in 2016. It's a lot. It's steep. It's steep. But at the same time, how long do you want to continue to be the current Redskins? Mm-hmm. How long do you want to be the current Redskins? Because before it was, oh, we're very bland and we're 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 very much not exciting with Kirk Cousins. That's what that's what it was before. That's why they were willing to let Kirk Cousins go. Mm-hmm. And now we found out maybe Kirk Cousins, well, he was part of the problem. But um, I I think also you have to look at. How much longer are we okay with just being mediocre and going seven and nine? Mm-hmm. Well, we're not the worst team in the NFL, but we're certainly not the best. We're right in the middle. Well, it's another winning season then. We we're at mm-hmm. seven and nine. You know, how much longer are you gonna keep Jay Gruden around? You need to make some moves here if you're Washington. And going and getting a guy like a Dwayne Haskins shows you are committed to to being better. It shows your fan base you're mm-hmm. committed to being better. It shows your team you're committed to going younger, going after this this young quarterback, and saying, guys, we are going to actually make an investment in our future, go get this guy, mold him, and hopefully he's going to end up being one of the best picks we've ever had and one of the best things for Washington. And, I mean, to look at it this way, if you're looking at it from a Raiders standpoint, because the Raiders are closer, 1-4, to four, look at the Mitch Trubisky trade. 
The um, Of course, those were back-to-back second and third, but San Francisco gave up that second overall pick. They got the third overall pick, a third and a fourth, plus a third the year after. So, I mean, you could be looking at a similar pr- price that year, this year for that. Last question I'm going to ask you has to do with the Cardinals because they're the ones trading. I mean, this has been the Cardinals segment. Basically, you're the GM of the Cardinals. Congratulations. That's a fun job to have. Come draft day, Goodell is going up to the podium with your pick or your trade. What have you done? Are you a, Would you be a GM that trades the pick? Or are you a GM that says, you know what? Nick Bose is a guy I can't pass on. We're taking him at number one. No, I would pass on him easily um, because I. what I would like to do is I would like to talk with teams and – Personally, this is me, and this is mm-hmm. completely... You want future firsts? I don't really care about draft picks. Oh, I want, want players. I, I'm not necessarily saying that they need to be veterans. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not going to go and get Saquon Barkley. That's never going to happen. Yeah. But maybe some guys who've been in the league a couple of years at least, some a little bit more established guys, but... You know, guys in the in the juju um, mm-hmm. kind of... I'm not saying I'm going after a wide receiver, but guys who have been in it for a little bit but aren't so old where it's like, well, that was worthless. I'm bigger on that. I'm bigger on players. Maybe throw in a draft pick or two, but I want to see some players. That's why so many times the draft is a great thing. It's fun. But how many times have we seen a guy that ends up just being horrible? We've seen too many Jamarcus Russells, I think. I want a guy who's been established in the NFL for a little bit who I can go and get and who is probably – what he's been doing, he's probably going to continue mm-hmm. to do that. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I really don't care about draft picks. That's also probably why no one would let me be their GM. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't matter to me because there's too many opportunities to get it wrong. Whereas opposed to if I go after this player. Yeah, I mean, you could be Mike I'm Mack. Gonna, I'm going to probably get it right. Yeah. And I mean, that's that makes sense because if I, and I'm not saying this to be like an ass or anything, you're a baseball guy. And in baseball, draft picks aren't as unless you're getting like a Kyle Schwarber, a, what we think Kyler Murray will be, a Steven Strasburg, a Bryce Harper. Usually, draft picks in the MLB are like, okay, I'll see you in three years. All right, I'll see you in four years after you kind of microwave and cook in the minor leagues and get ready to come up. Not many of them come over like right away. Yeah, like Chris Bryant, that was probably a better one because Schwarber was in the minors. A little bit longer. Any final thoughts on this before we move on into Justin Herbert? I think it's really interesting because I do think that Dwayne Haskins is going to end up being, if the Cardinals, most likely, because I don't know if they'll listen to me and take him, because they should, (laughs) but if the Cardinals do not take him, he's the number two pick. Okay. And if the Cardinals... Well, yeah, because the 49ers will uh, make a trade. Or or they'll... the, the Cardinals are either trading mm-hmm. or he's going to be the number two pick because yeah. there are too many teams out there that are quarterback needy, mm-hmm. didn't get one of the guys last year, mm-hmm. and probably didn't even think that they were going to have a chance at, at one of those type of guys this year. But with Dwayne Haskins saying he's coming out, that's giving some teams hope, teams like a Washington Hope or a Miami or whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Den- Denver definitely could be – a, a dark horse because people think, oh, well, they have Case Keenum. Yeah, it was a tough year, but he's locked in for a couple of seasons. Don't be thinking because 
Elway's not going to have three losing seasons mm-hmm. in a row. He could definitely be going and, and scheming right now. And I'm going to throw this out there, and I'm going to say this during the onside kick because we're going to talk about best fits for Dwayne Haskins on um, that show. The Denver Broncos, to me, if they hire Vic Fangio, go get yourself Dwayne Haskins. The reason why Vic Fangio, been with the Chicago Bears, if he gets a guy that can run an offense similar to what Nagy's had, Dwayne Haskins, to me, does what Trubisky does better. Like, and that's just, I just think that Haskins is going to be a better athlete. He's going to be able to throw that deep ball, and he fits what you want to do in this NFL with kind of a not mobile, but yes, mobile kind of quarterback who can throw it deep. Kind of like what Tua, what we're all going to hype over with Tua. I know he had one bad game, but I mean, the Clemson Tigers game plan for him for a month, so they should have uh, beat him up yesterday. But let us know what you guys think. What do you guys. Is he going to be the number one pick? Is Dwayne Haskins going number one? Will someone trade up for him? Will he not? Will he go to, like, the Giants at seven? Will he fall that far? Will he go to two? Or I think they're at six, actually, if I'm getting it right. Or will he go to Jacksonville, who's right after them, at seven? Let us know what you guys think down below. And, Brandon, before we finish out the podcast, got to say, make sure to check out com to catch MVP each and every day. Your one-stop shop to get everything that MVP does, mostvaluablepodcasts.com. And, Brandon, let's start our last segment, and it's another NFL drafty segment, um, but this one is because of somebody who is going back. Now, Mark and I did a segment when it happened about what it means for the draft, that Justin Herbert is going back to Oregon. What I want to ask you is will Justin Herbert regret this decision? And the thing I want to say before somebody gets angry, because I know someone in the comment section of the Onside Kicks video said this, is one of the reasons he is going back is because his younger brother, who's a four-star tight end, Patrick Herbert, has committed to Oregon. So that's a little bit of a part of this. Wants to go back, not just play for the school, Wants to go and play for his brother, who it would be like when I was talking to Dave about it, Dave goes, well, is he on the offensive side? Because Dave's like, if he's a defensive player, it makes no sense because you're not throwing to your brother. But he's a tight end. So we could see a Herbert to Herbert connection at the next level. But I want to ask you, draft-wise for Justin, is he going to regret this decision, let's say, five years down the line? Look into your crystal ball. Is he going to regret going back to Oregon and not coming out for the 2019 NFL draft? If he gets hurt, he's going to be really pissed. <laughs> um, but Again, because he's had a little bit of an injury history. But if he does not, and as long as he doesn't have the type of season season that... You remember Jake Browning? Remember Jake Locker? Like, that's another one. Speaking of Washington quarterbacks. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, because well, Jake Browning, he two years Remember ago he had such a no. Who's that? Uh, he had such a, he had such a good season a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. This past year he comes back and just, I mean, nothing. He did nothing of relevance. I don't see Herbert doing that because mm-hmm. I see Herbert leaps and bounds ahead of. Uh, ahead of Browning, but he even played in the Red Box Bowl. Wait, they had bowls outside of the two games that mattered. Yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah. 
Huh. The red the red box ball, Brian. I, I was blown away when I saw the red box ball. Okay, I actually, <laughs> uh, someone, so one of the, one broadcaster, and I, it may have been Joe Buck, actually, mm-hmm. that said it really weird. He said, the red box ball. Yeah, that's weird. The red box ball. The red box ball. What was it weird, was weird. It was very the, strange the how, how, how they said it. The weirdest thing about that game was how Oregon was in it and they only won 7-6. to six. That was the weirdest part. And that is why you shouldn't watch bowl games. Because they're <laughs> boring. Um, but he, here's here's the deal. Is mm-hmm. that no, I do not. As long as there is no awful injury that ends his season, that keeps him out multiple games, I think he's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be happy with his decision to go back. Because he really has an opportunity here now to prove anyone who was saying, oh, well, he's good. He's really good, but... He's got a couple of things he's really got to work on. Mm-hmm. Well, now he can work on those couple of things. And now he's able to come out the next year, hopefully a better player, a more growth. I think that he is going to be happy with this decision. And he's still going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the class. He is. He is. He still is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. class because it's not going to be Trevor Lawrence is not going to be in the class. We talked about it a little bit already. Yes, two is going to be in the class, but I still think that Justin Herbert is going this the the 2020 class could be similar to the class we saw this past year mm-hmm. where we saw Baker and we saw Rosen and we saw um uh who who else was there um why am I blanking Darnold, on it? Darnold, Baker, Rosen, Lamar. Lamar Jackson. It could be very similar. Josh Allen. It could be very similar to that. And honestly, outside of the Cardinals, everyone seems to be happy with what they've got. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, they've got a really good one, I think, in Allen. A bit of a sleeper, but I think they've got a good one there. Lamar Jackson is going places with the with the Baltimore Ravens. He just does. Uh, I can't. Sam, sta- I can't stand the people that were like, "Oh, why didn't Joe Flacco get put in the game?" Because he's not the future. I just had to get that off my chest. It does. It just. It really bugged me when people were like, "Why didn't Joe Flacco get put into that game?" Uh because he's done so. He's been done so. It's Lamar Jackson's time. I mean, I I can't even begin to try and tell those people why Joe Flacco didn't get put into the game. <laughs> We'd be here a long time. Yeah, but. Um, you you got Sam Darnold that that has really bright future for the Jets if they put any pieces around him. Obviously Baker Mayfield is looking really good uh, for the Cleveland Browns and their future looks very bright. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of really good things going on for those teams that drafted those quarterbacks. I don't see that necessarily being too far off in 2020. That's all I'm saying. I, I mean, I, why why are you so worried? Why why are you so worried? Because I've and this is me. I am first off, like you mentioned, how he's still gonna be to me a first round pick next year, unless he gets like devastatingly injured. But the thing I look at is how many times have we seen this book before? Jake Browning, not even talking about him now. You've got Jake Locker, who would have been a higher pick if he came out after his junior year compared to when he did. Matt Barkley probably would have been a number one overall pick if he came out after his junior year instead of going back for his senior year. Because here's what I look at, and this is like it fits with 
Justin Herbert because a guy like Andrew Luck can go back to college because there was nothing wrong with his game. Like, Andrew Luck would have came out as a junior, would have been the number one overall pick. He went back, still was the number one pick. We had the suck for Luck was basically the whole thing going on that year. Justin Herbert is not that guy. And he is not the Andrew Luck, the Cam Newton. He's not the guy that I can step into any draft class and be the number one overall pick in that draft class. Hell, in this draft class that was a weaker draft class, he wasn't like just let's take let's take a look for a second. When Justin Herbert was still technically in the draft discussion, how many articles did you see about people asking, "Oh, would a team trade up to number 1 for Justin Herbert?" Didn't see a single one. The second Dwayne Haskins declares for the draft, and yes, it's also because Justin Herbert's not in the draft, the first thing you see today, boom, Mel Kuyper has an article, will he be the number one pick? Why we just talked about, will he be the number one pick? Now that also goes into, it's a weak draft class, but I look at it and I go, he's not, I'm going to say Andrew Luck caliber. He's not the guy that can step into any draft class and be the number one overall pick. Also, I will take this example too. Although he will probably be the third quarterback on the positional rankings for next year's draft, today when first first thing not first, yeah, first things first, asked Joel Clatt about next year's draft, he mentioned two quarterbacks. He mentioned Tua, he mentioned Jake Fromm. No mention of Herbert, which I was even like, really? You're not even going to mention uh, well, if you're Justin ma- Herbert? I'm not going to lie to you. If you're going to mention Jake Fromm, you better mm-hmm. darn well mention but, Justin Herbert. But in most mocks right now, like even I'm looking at WalterFootball.com, their quarterbacks, the first one off the board, number one overall, Tua Tunga Viola, number two, second pick, quarterback, Jake Fromm, the next quarterback then off the board, is Justin Herbert. Like most people are looking at it, Tua from Herbert as of right now. And I just, I look at this and I go, there's a part of me that's like, I get it. I get it. You want to play with your brother. That's fine. Like I, I can't, I'm not bashing him for wanting to go back, play for the school, play for his brother, because I've always been a proponent of go back to school, get your degree, finish that. And the NFL will be waiting there for you. But when Except comes, in this situation. Well, this situation is a little bit different because I look at it and I go, there's not always, like, there's not that certainty. First off, you bring up injury. He's a guy that two years ago had an injury. He's a guy this year had an injury. There might be a little bit of a history there. Yes, none of them have been, like, severe, like, hey, season-ending injuries, but... If you've had one the last two years, who knows if you're going to have one this year. Plus, look at the kind of game that he plays. It's very much like I remember talking to you on this podcast after diving into some film when we first looked at Justin Herbert, and I said he reminds me of Cam Newton. Like Cam Newton light because Cam Newton has obviously got a bigger body and is more athletic than Justin Herbert, but he plays with that same style, which... 
there's going to be some wear and tear when you're running and taking hits as a quarterback. But I just, I feel like in this situation, and I might sound like a hypocrite from what I usually am, I just, I look at it and I'm like, you mentioned Jake Browning. I mentioned Jake Locker. I throw out Matt Barkley. I've read these books before. But are they anywhere near what Justin Herbert is? Yes, you've read some shitty books. We all have. I would say. And those those guys, maybe they just were never destined to be good Mm -hmm. in the NFL. That happens. It happens all the time. Hence, if I was the Arizona Cardinals GM, I'm looking for players, not picks. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just what I'm what I'm saying is Matt Barkley is probably the only one that is like like Jake Locker probably just had a really good junior season. Um, but like Matt Barkley, many thought that it was like okay, like he is number one pick. He's the top quarterback in this class. Went back and like he was horrible when he went back, and that was his senior season was and that horrible. was another thing too is like you mentioned and it's a real yin and yang thing here is you mentioned oh he's gonna go back to school and work on what he needs to work on that's you're looking at the positive to bring up the other side maybe to play devil's advocate a little bit it also gives these draft scouts a whole nother year to look at you. Compared to two other prospects that some scouts might look at them more highly than you and by comparison might look at your flaws as more of a negative than they did this year. Like this year, I don't want like I don't want to say it like this, but here's the thought that's come into my head. It's like being the like, oh, what's the and I can't even get the analogy right, so I'm not even gonna say it. But basically it's like being the pretty it's like being the prettiest pig in the show is basically compared to this draft class, look at this draft class for quarterbacks. We're bashing it every second we can get. So of course he looks like a great quarterback in this draft. Which draft class? This one. The one we're currently in. Like Haskins, Greer, um, Daniel Jones. Like, he looked like I'm the not, number one I'm quarterback. I'm not bashing it. You're bashing I'm it. I'm saying across the board. Like, everyone's saying defensive draft, quarterback. We're already looking. If you're a quarterback guy for drafts, you're looking to next year. Hell, at the national championship game, this draft class was so bad quarterback-wise, We're even they're even talking about Trevor Lawrence in 2021. Like, that's what we're getting right now. And I just look at it, and, like, I fear that this year he's the number one quarterback, seventh overall pick. Next year he might be a late-round first, which— might not be bad because he might go to Lamar a Jackson team. was a late round first pick, mm-hmm. and look how it's turned out for him. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there's the opportunity for me to be wrong, but also I, I just look at it and I wonder if you'll look back at it and go, man, I wonder what would have happened if I was in this situation compared to the one that I'm in. But of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and you can't read the future. Let me say this. Here's let me read something to you from uh, SI.com. Quote: He has all the tools, all the traits. End quote. Says one AFC exec. 
Quote, he's a beggar Marcus Mariota to mm-hmm. me. He could use another year in school, another year of maturing. But I could definitely see him going high just based on talent and traits if he came out. He could see him going high just based on talent and traits if he came out now. Mm-hmm. Just based on talent tra- If he goes back, if what needs to happen does happen, if he stays healthy, if he does not regress, I'm not saying he needs to get leaps and mm-hmm. bounds and, oh, my gosh, he's a new person. I'm not saying that. But if he can at least build a little bit upon what he did last season, next year isn't going to be this lost draft for the guy where no one talks about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not It's not just because you go back means you're going to all of a sudden be worse and no one's going to want you when you come out just because your name wasn't Andrew Luck. And it happened, and, and Andrew Luck went, you know, he was so good, everyone wanted him. He went back, he was so good, and everyone still wanted him. You know, I'm I'm not saying, of course, he's going to be a number one pick, but I'm not saying that we should count him out of next year's draft class just because the poor chap is going back to college. What do you mean by counting him out, like, completely? I'm No, you're acting as though he's going to go from, like, the number one pick to second round pick i mean that's that's how you're that but that's how you're acting and i really want to know why you're acting like that because you think it's as though the matt barkley is going to drop by and with his with his wand you know like you know put a curse on him that he's going to suck ass in his senior season i just i really want to try and get and it's a scary place mm -hmm. to go inside your head ricky and try and figure out why you think that because you're going back for your senior season that I understand all the things. People are going to find out a little bit more mm-hmm. about you. Sure, yeah, of course, that's what happened. But why are you thinking that automatically he's going to be worse? And, I mean, who's to say Who's to say that Jake Fromm is going to be? We looked this past year th- mm-hmm. and said Jake Fromm should have been replaced by Justin Fields at some point. That's how crap Jake Fromm was this past year. Georgia fans. Well, hold, I mean, either, I never either, said that. I did. Either hold it or... or Bring it on while you think I'm right. I either, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't think I'm right, really, I don't want to hear it. But um, th- this is the thing, is that it's not a foregone conclusion that these guys are going to be in front of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tua looks pretty good right now, even with his bad game in the national championship game. It wasn't him. It was just Alabama as a whole. But I guess I'm just trying to figure out with everything that... Justin Herbert has. Mm-hmm. And if he is able to build on his past this past year, and if he is able to correct some of the things that he needs to correct and mature as a quarterback, I don't know how that can be necessarily seen so much as a negative. I just, for me, I look at it where maybe... The Jake Locker and the Matt Barkley situation, that might be the extreme one side. But I also look at this. Look at last year's draft class. We had how many quarterbacks in that draft class? Five. All of those five teams are not looking for quarterbacks this year. This year, we've got teams looking for quarterbacks. I'd say the Giants would take one. The Jaguars are going to get their quarterback either in the draft or they're going to get Flacco or false. Like they're going to get a new quarterback one way or another. They're going to get it, get it, get it. You either have also Miami could be in the quarterback hunt. You've got 
Denver that could draft a quarterback. Like, there's so many teams this year that I wonder next year, and this is me looking into the future, what's that quarterback class, what's that quarterback needy team going to be? Because I look down, Arizona, I still don't think, I still think they'll be on the Rosen train. The Niners have Jimmy Garoppolo. The Jets have Sam Darnold. Oakland, I'll put an asterisk by them because it seems like John Gruden doesn't like Derek Carr, um, and Derek Carr doesn't like him, it looks like. Um, Tampa, I'll put an asterisk because Jameis Winston will be an unrestricted free agent after next year. Um, and he lo- sucks. Looks like the Giants will get a quarterback this year. The Jaguars will get a quarterback this year. Sa- Matthew Stafford is the quarterback in Detroit. Josh Allen, Denver, okay, they could be one because Keenan or Case Keenum is up. You've got Andy Dalton and Cincy. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, Miami, Asterix, okay, there's three teams. Matt Ryan, no. Washington will probably get a quarterback this year because they absolutely need one. And then the rest of the playoff teams like Cleveland, Minnesota, Tennessee, Steelers. Um, Tennessee I would put an asterisk by. Well, it depends uh, on when they Minnesota, get off the Mariota if, train. If, if they give it another year and it doesn't seem to go too well, I put an asterisk there as well. Um I I think that there's every every single year really quickly mm-hmm. is look at this past season. The Denver Broncos signed Case Keenum thinking, mm-hmm. okay, Case Keenum is going to be the guy for us because look at what he did last season. And then he wasn't the guy. And then he wasn't. How many times does that happen? A lot. That's happening year in, year out, all the time. All You look at all 32 teams, mm-hmm. there's always probably going to be five to seven teams per year looking for a quarterback. There are. One way or another, they're looking for a QB. Either there's a bad injury over here, or this guy completely just tanks, or over here it just never worked out. There's always, always going to be teams looking for quarterbacks. I am never bothered by that. Always. Here's the thing, and this is my last thought on it, is so Matt Barkley to me is the extreme. Him and Jake Browning are the extreme. Of like, because Matt Barkley, if he came out his junior year, would have been a first round pick, top fiver, maybe at first overall. He came out after his senior year and was a fourth round pick that year. Whereas Jake Locker was still the eighth overall pick. I just look at it for Justin Herbert. And of course, what team he lands on counts because if it's a Lamar Jackson situation and he lands in a good situation like the Ravens, or what if he gets. Herbert gets taken by a playoff team or a team close enough where it's like, hey, we're winning games, but we're kind of on the cusp of the playoffs where it might be a good, like a Steelers. Let's say Big Ben finally retires after next year and the Steelers go after him and they go, Mason Rudolph is not the guy. We're going to take Justin Herbert. I just, I look at it and of course, and I'm going off of overalls, he could have been the top quarterback in this class, taking it in the top 10, wouldn't have fallen past the Giants. If he was still in the draft class, we would probably be asking if a team would trade up with the Cardinals to get him at number one. And I just fear that, and this is me just looking negatively at it, I fear that we might look at him and go, man, if he would have came out in this weaker draft class, he would have been in a better situation than being the third quarterback off the board 
because quarter because teams were going to take Tua and From ahead of him. And, and now I know, how I would and, and now, I know you're not sold them from ahead of Herbert. No. Um, and now how I would look at it is he could come out this year mm-hmm. and potentially with 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 yes being a good quarterback, not having that final year where he's where he could have been able to develop a couple other things, fix some issues here, there, whatever he needed to do, and he could look like Josh Rosen. Struggle. 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 Mm-hmm. Or he could go back to his for his senior season, come out the next year, and look like Baker Mayfield. Yes, it's it's uh, comparisons that aren't necessarily a hundred percent on mm-hmm. either side, but what I'm saying is, you can tell offensive line or good or bad, good bad or whatever. Baker Mayfield is here, Rosen is here. It's easy. You can easily tell that. There's so much more confidence with Baker Mayfield. Rosen doesn't know where the hell he's throwing the football. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Maybe a year does that. Maybe a year changes that for for Herbert. If he comes out now, great. Mm-hmm. You get great money. You're a top 10 pick. But are you going to be as good as you possibly could be for that team right now? Or is it going to take you longer, longer learning curve to get everything down? Or, again, everything has to go well, but you go back for your senior season, you come out, and you are the best possible version that you possibly could be coming out of college for the NFL. The only thing I'm going to say, and this is my argument no matter what, when you talk about the... Really, when they say, oh, could stay in school, that only depends if you're going to go to a team like the Jaguars, where it's like, we need you to start day one. Where, look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was drafted. He sat behind Brett Favre. Like, I could have saw Justin Herbert drafted by the Giants. He sits behind me. They bring Eli back for another year because Eli did not do terrible. I mean, he did have... A terrible offensive line. They got rid of Eric Flowers and everything seemed to be better. And guess who picked him up? The Jaguars. So they might be looking for a left tackle like Jonah Williams in the uh, NFL draft. But, I mean, I look at it and go, I could have seen him going to New York. Good situation. He sits behind Eli for a year. And it's always the yin and yang of, like, I get the college thing and I get what people are going to say. There's He's got a connection to Oregon. He's from Eugene. His brother's coming. I get it, and I can't bash that. That is not what I'm bashing because I love that, and that's why I love college sports because you have that. Like the fans that come in here and watch our podcast, listen to our podcast, have connections to the schools they went to, and that's what makes college football special. I am talking about it from a draft perspective and where he could have gone this year to where – I look at it and when like the scout says, oh, he goes back to school and develops, yes, he'd be playing actual games and developing, but I think he could still do the same sitting behind an Eli Manning in the pros where the biggest, and this is the devil's advocate to that point, is that when you're a pro, you don't got to worry about classes. All you got to worry about is football, football, football. And that's 
all he has to worry about in the NFL. It's like it's the biggest thing I hear out of Dave's mouth in NBA draft time is, oh, he doesn't have to worry about going to classes. You just got to worry about playing basketball and hitting the weight room and getting better. And, like, that's the devil's advocate to it. But I get he wants to go play with his brother. They're, he's going to be a tight end, so they're going to be on the same side of the ball. He wants to go back to Eugene. He's from Eugene. I'm not bashing that. I just wonder if we're going to look back on it, and only time will tell on this, but I wonder if we'll look back on it and go, ah, he should have came out earlier. He should have came out. But yet again, time will tell. Will that happen? Nobody, like, we don't know. It could happen. It could not happen. We can even look back and go, man, if he, oh, good thing he stayed because he went to the right team this year. Could you imagine if he would have went to the Giants? Like, that would have been a catastrophic situation. We could even say it that way. So, I mean, nobody has the magic answer. This is just me kind of like a worry that I have with it and just kind of very therapeutically um, talking about this. Any final thoughts that you have about this situation. No, I mean I think it's I think it's always interesting to look at these situations because we never know. We never know. We're we can Justin, only we're not guess. Justin Herbert. We can only guess and say Which and, Justin, if you're listening, because I know you are, if you ever want to come on the podcast and talk, you're always welcome to come. Or if you know Justin Herbert personally, because apparently the Nasir Little, we had a guy who is friends with Nasir's cousin. If you know Justin, tell him. He is welcome on the podcast. I would love to be able to sit down with Justin Herbert and talk to him. For Nasir Little's case, if anyone knows Roy Williams, <laughs> tell him to actually play him the right way. Um, but um, no, I, I think it's. I, I just think it's always really interesting to be able to talk about this because right now we're talking, and we've talked. Dwayne Haskins could be just the next greatest thing. Mm-hmm. What if he's not? What if he's not in the NFL? We don't know. And that's what I'm saying. If we have du- no idea. I'll tell it this way. If Dwayne Haskins was in next year's draft class, he might be the third. In- like, if he's behind Justin Herbert now, if he was in next year's draft class, he would be the fourth best quarterback, not the first best quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. And that's the whole reason why I have this worry is because Justin Herbert could have came out, been the top dog in this class, and gone to a team like the Giants compared to going to a team where you have to sit behind a veteran or going to a team where it's like, oh, oh man, our guy, we like going to Denver at right now until they change everything. I wouldn't want to go to Denver because it seems like a bad situation. Like remember Paxton Lynch, how high I was on him, mm-hmm. went to Denver yeah. and he shit with the, uh, with the shadow of John Elway over him. Like it was just not a good situation um, for him in Denver. But any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? No. Is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Am I over-exaggerating? Is Justin Herbert going to be fine? Um, What do you guys think? Will he regret the decision? Will he not? Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Thank you for Brandon for being back. It was a, it's nice to have you back from sabbatical. Um, It was, it was fun. It was fun. We can actually talk college sports Yet again, um, we're going to be diving a lot into draft and a lot of different things now with football being over. We can kind of look at this stuff. Uh, make sure to support us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash most valid podcast, and rate and, re- rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. I know you're looking at our logo. Camera turned off, and uh, I'm 
at the end, so I'm just going to let the logo play. But thank you for watching us. Thank you guys for listening to us on podcast services around the world. But for Brandon Swanson, this is Ricky Widmer, and as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.